This is Cultivating Place, conversations on natural history and the human impulse to garden. From North State Public Radio in Northern California, I'm Jennifer Jewell. Perhaps you're a person who takes refuge in the natural world. Your home garden, a public park, on trails, by lakes or streams. If you are, then you might appreciate the many benefits of such areas for finding the mental and physical space to regroup from life's stresses, large or small. The 4th of July holiday is upon us, and it's a traditional time of year to consider and honor and acknowledge the veterans among us and their families, all of whom have served our country in very particular and tangible ways. Many of these men and women return to civilian life with great physical and emotional regrouping and healing to be done, individually, socially, and within their families. This is a group of valued people who have faced traumatic, often violent experiences. Many of them have been wounded. A conservative statistic indicates that one in five suffer from depression or post-traumatic stress disorder. According to Howard Hinterthurer of the Organic Therapy Project in Wisconsin, an extensive horticultural therapy program for veterans and their families founded by William Sims in 2009, data indicates that veterans are prone to various other mental health challenges, including addictions, as well as physical diseases such as hypertension, heart disease, diabetes, obesity, stroke, cancer of the bowel, and prostate. An increasing number of veterans are isolated from our broader society and are at an increased risk for experiencing homelessness. Both Sims and Hinterthur are veterans who returned home from Vietnam and found both peace, healing, and a pathway to connection and reintegration through gardening. These men likewise had an individual impulse to carry this concept to other veterans, especially those experiencing homelessness. The many veterans' community gardens and healing gardens at medical facilities support both these men's experiential knowledge. Gardens are active, positive, safe places for veterans to reground themselves and reconnect to others, their families, and their communities at large. Gardens provide a means for veterans to be involved, to put their skills to meaningful use, to deepen their connection to the health of themselves and the health of the planet. Google the phrase Veterans Gardens and you'll find nationwide results for Veterans Garden projects, community gardens, hospital gardens, healing public spaces. One group working in this arena and approaching it in a little different way is Gardens for Heroes based in the DC area. Today we're joined by Anne Mead Daniel, co-founder with her husband, Scott Robertson, of Gardens for Heroes. In preparation for the upcoming 4th of July holiday and the many layers of meaning inherent in it, we speak with Anne Mead about her organization's hopes for the healing and grounding power found in the natural world of the individual private home garden for wounded veterans and their families. Welcome, Anne Mead. Thank you for having me. So, Start with how you and your husband came to an interest in gardens, plants, the restorative value of nature yourself. My husband and I were actually both urbanites, so we didn't have much experience gardening in our adult lives. 
Um, but we settled in Arnold, Maryland, just right outside of Annapolis. And we settled in a, a cottage with a wooded lot and started carving out gardens. Um, and then kind of realized how special they can be and sanctuaries um, as part of the home. And that kind of began us thinking at who else would need these sanctuaries. And so what, what exactly inspired you to bring gardening to the veteran population? I was actually um, suffering from an infection that had knocked out some of my hearing and caused neuropathy. And I was spending more and more time in our garden. And Scott's father served in the Navy. My dad served in the Army. Uh, and about that same time, I had read the obituary of my family doctor growing up in Arlington, Virginia, and it said he supported wounded veterans. And it all just came together as what a population that is so deserving and to have healing gardens um, in their backyards, in their communities, um, it would just serve them so well in the healing process. So when you decided to take this project on, knowing that there were um, perhaps knowing that there were veterans' gardens throughout the country, why did you decide to take a slightly different route and really focus on the home residential healing garden? Well, I would first say that it was all based under the premise that, hey, being in your garden feels good, and we didn't know what research had been done on horticulture, therapy, green space, any of the medical research that had been done um, or some of the leaders that had been researching horticulture that was in hospitals. And so it was just a premise of this feels good. When we started digging into it, we realized that there was such a solid foundation of leaders that ha- were doing great work. And we thought, okay, so there's some of this going in to medical facilities within the military, but once they go home, the amount of time that you spend in your home um, is where prolonged periods of uh, of healing could take place, long beyond the hospital. So we thought, why can't we bring the healing gardens from the hospital to the home? So talk a little bit more about that research and the the leaders that you um, you got involved with and and followed their work and what they were finding specifically in their data. Sure. Um, One of the first persons that we came across was a naval physician, retired physician named Fred Foote. And he was really a leader in holistic models for the military health care system. And he and a group had convened weekly to do the research and develop new metrics, real state-of-the-art metrics. And so he was so far ahead in how it could be researched and how uh, it could be adopted. So he kind of took us under his wing, and we talked more about the -the state-of-the-art methodologies that included um, kind of blended biometrics with secretions of sweat and cortisol testing of saliva and beyond, Um, and that's just one of the metrics. But real scientific body of work that he had built with his colleagues and that had really made an impact on the military medical system. So he was probably the most fundamental person in 
helping us to understand the research and build um, our own research around some of his work. Um, there was also a book um, that we came across called Therapeutic Landscapes, a more recently published book by Claire Cooper Marcus and Naomi Sachs. And they had researched and documented evidence-based design approaches for healing gardens and restorative spaces beyond for veterans. But there was a chapter on veterans that outlined design protocols um, for the veteran population. Um, and so those were probably the most advanced works that we had come across. Um, and there was also a book that we came across by Kenneth Hepflin called Defiant Gardens that documented the history of gardens in soldiers' lives. And we thought soldiers were doing this on their own way before horticulture therapy was in existence. Uh, so that just gave us uh, more encouragement to kind of move forward in creating a new history for horticulture therapy. It is a wonderful self-medication. Um, I, <laughs> I can attest to that. I'm sure you can as well. Um, so these biometrics and, and the tests they're running, they are then demonstrating reduced stress, uh, greater physical balance and um, hormonal balance, things like this? Is that is that what they're measuring? They, Fred Foote um, has uh, led a group at the Walter Reed um, Hospital and Base for a green space project, and they just broke ground earlier this year. And so they are using some of those metrics and advancing some of those metrics to measure the healing power of this green space at the Walter Reed campus. Um, some other groups that have already done research, um, one of which is in the VA um, hospital in Salem, Virginia, and there is um, a few medical leaders within that facility that have done pilot programs um, on the healing properties. And then you hear anecdotally, and then there's a literature review that was done on veterans' um, healing gardens and outdoor healing programs. So when you cobble them together, there's a good base. There's definitely some gaps, uh, and we understand that there are other groups, the Chicago Botanical Garden that has a horticulture therapy program and is a real leader in this space, is developing some research as well. So what we've been told by Fred Foote and others in the medical community that the real innovation that we're doing is the home healing gardens. Anne Mead Daniel of Gardens for Heroes cites other groundbreaking researchers in this field. Among them is Dr. Fred Foote. Dr. Foote is the author of the book entitled Medic Against the Bomb, and his website of the same name includes some of his research in the field of arts and gardens and healing in veterans. He writes, quote, By putting a human face on our wounded warriors, I hope to stimulate my readers to engage our veterans in arts activities. In the Warrior Poetry Project, which I lead, and other programs, we've found that art making can have powerful healing effects, particularly in those with brain injury and PTSD. 
unquote. One of his projects is the Maryland Network of Arts and Gardens for Veterans, which is a statewide network of community-based, locally funded projects that bring the healing powers of art and music making and exposure to nature to veterans across Maryland. The website states that the aim of the network is to measurably reduce the burden of PTSD and the number of veteran suicides statewide. Experience at the Walter Reed National Military Medical Center in Bethesda, Maryland, and elsewhere has shown that art and music and engagement with nature are two of the strongest therapies for traumatic brain injury and post-traumatic stress disorder, which afflicts tens of thousands of Maryland warriors and veterans. The network seeks to spread the successful use of these modalities pioneered at Walter Reed to the wider veterans community in order to decrease these burdens and reduce suicides across the state. If successful, the network can then serve as a model for the whole nation. Two other researchers that Gardens for Heroes draws on are Claire Cooper Marcus, Professor Emerita of Architecture and Landscape Architecture at UC Berkeley, and alumna Naomi Sachs. According to the UC Berkeley website, their book, Therapeutic Landscapes, is a comprehensive and evidence-based guide for designing beautiful spaces that promote good health. It's a valuable resource for landscape architects, designers, students, and healthcare administrators. The focused study of the book includes guidelines for designing healthcare facilities to meet the specific needs of patient populations. With proven approaches on how to design spaces to reduce stress, support recovery, help patients regain impaired abilities, and encourage emotional equilibrium. Claire Cooper Marcus is an educator and award-winning author recognized internationally for her research on the psychological and social factors of restorative landscapes. Naomi Sachs is principal at Naomi Sachs Design, a design and consulting firm that focuses on landscapes that facilitate well-being. We're speaking today with Anne Mead Daniel, co-founder with her husband Scott Robertson of a young nonprofit based in the DC area called Gardens for Heroes. We've heard so far about the background of Anne Mead and Scott's goals for the program and the research on which they are based. After the break, we'll be back to learn more about the specifics and established protocols for developing and implementing home-based healing gardens for wounded veterans and their families. Stay with us. Thank you. 
Welcome back. If you're just joining us, this is Cultivating Place. I'm Jennifer Jewell. Today we're speaking with Anne Mead Daniel, co-founder of a DC-based nonprofit, Gardens for Heroes, working to develop and provide home-based healing gardens for wounded veterans and their families. Before the break, Anne Mead was describing some of the research being done in the field of evidence-based healing gardens for veterans. She related that the unique aspect of the work of Gardens for Heroes is the intention of developing private home garden spaces for healing rather than community, hospital-based, or public healing spaces. We're back to talk more about the specifics of this concept. Welcome back. I love this term, evidence-based gardening, um, because I, it is a term I hadn't heard before, but the minute I read it, it really resonated. Um, and so describe some of the design elements or, or protocols that you will specifically put into place. And, and I realize from your website, gardensforheroes.org, that each garden that you first put in, and I, I believe you're aiming for five, will will be based on the needs of that family. But in a general way, describe some of the specific elements that you would envision might be put to work. Um, there are a few, and, and a few that also, when we first read them, just kind of opened our eyes to what design could and couldn't do and would help with. One is there can be some issues with depth perception um, when you have traumatic brain injuries and trauma. And so the color of pavement, when it's not monochromatic, when you have darks and lights, can appear to have holes in it and an unevenness. And so taking account the surfaces in gardens um, among veterans that suffer from TBI, traumatic brain injury, is very important so that they feel steady when they're walking. Um, there's also issues of having some privacy, but also having some openness um, for, for communicating and convening with others. So there's a balance between privacy and more openness. Um, those were probably two that kind of struck us as, as interesting, but there's 13 of them that all have rationales for why they're in place for, for medical reasons. Um, and so it really opened a new world to see just how far the evidence-based design guidelines had come and had been documented by um, Naomi Saxon, uh, Claire Cooper Marcus in the therapy or therapeutic landscapes. Yeah. What is your timeline for breaking ground on your first set of gardens? We hope to break ground in the fall of this year. And how do people become in, involved? So if you uh, ha have a family member that might be really well served by something like this, or if you know of a family, or if you might want to um, donate, how, how does a person become involved on any of those levels? Well, our website, gardensforheroes.org, has places to nominate families, um, for volunteerism, um, and volunteerism can take the shape of um, helping for ongoing maintenance, installation of gardens. Um, there's a, a whole wealth of roles that people could volunteer for. Most of the opportunities can be accessed through our website. 
And how does it, and so that is how you would nominate a family or a veteran who might be you would like to see have a garden like this? Absolutely. Okay. We then will work with our um, medical research partner because we hope to stand up our research methodologies as soon as possible. So there's going to be some screening um, to ensure that the therapeutic healing garden is lined up specifically with the families. We hope that the families will have children under the age of 18 um, so it really is a, a healing and support space for the entire family. And walk through some of the um, known benefits that we see in a veteran population who have access to spaces like this, whether they're in a community setting, a hospital setting, or a home setting. What are, what are some of the, the benefits directly um, there's mental uh, advantages, including um, greater alertness, um, better reported attitude, sense of well-being, um, calmness, um, and, and there's many different kind of more clinical terms for this. Um, and then physical reduction of pain, symptom reduction, um, greater mobility, and then there's a social component, which is being able to more comfortably relate to people, greater connectiveness to community, um, social cohesion. A lot of times we see that term being used in the medical literature. And I think I read on your website that there was um, a, a significant statistical improvement in less reliance on medical drugs and less addiction to other self-medicating um, substances. That's correct. And first, when we first introduced um, the concept to um, a member of the military medical community, his first reaction was, this could save more lives than any pill. Yeah. So it was very exciting to hear that from pretty him. Pretty powerful. Pretty powerful. In your long-term vision for this endeavor, what do you see in five years, seven years, and Mead, what, what, is your, what is your dream vision? We'd like to see healing gardens begin at military medical centers, facilities that don't have them, um, and that would be serving a huge population um, in the medical uh, realm. Um, we hope to then have communities of uh, wounded veterans and their families that have the healing gardens in their backyards, and that can be a force of a community that is also so dedicated to serving so that that population can serve other military families in creating healing gardens at home. And then for the horticulture programs, it's really about getting people the skills that they would need in the horticulture field to um, enter the horticulture field for a professional career um, and really excel in, it could be a design, it could be in fabrication, it could be in um, hardscaping, it could be on the retail side, but connecting with large partners that want veterans in their workforce um, to create that. And I should also mention that when we talk about healing gardens and community gardens, um, we'd really like to see some gardens that change people's 
perspective on a community garden, that the healing could be more active, like agility gardens, where you're mixing some of those physical challenges and exercise within the garden um, that is needed for community and programming and activity um, so that they're more less passive and really active type gardens. Is there anything else you would like to share with our listeners about the scope of your work? I think I've described the model. I think we really want to encourage people to get involved and learn more and connect with us to help share and spread our mission. And you will start in the Washington and Maryland um, sort of center, and then you will hope to move nationwide? Yes, through markets that have a high density of veteran populations. So we would go into different markets, look at the healing gardens on the medical facilities. um, So maybe maybe starting with cities or areas that have big veterans um, VA hospitals. Correct. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much for your time, and thank you for the work you are doing. My father was in the Marines and my uncle and grandfather in the Navy, and um, I can't imagine a better endeavor for a more deserving population of people. Thank you for having us, and we hope that people will also check us out on social media, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, to follow our progress. Well, happy 4th of July, and best of luck to you. Thank you so much, and to you too. In the vein of gardens working toward well-being, particularly the well-being of veterans returned home, several renowned botanical gardens across the country have developed notable veterans projects. One that Ann Mead cited is the Chicago Botanic Garden. Their enabling garden is leading the field in modeling evidence-based accessibility and therapeutic outcomes for a wide range of visitors. In 2014, the Chicago Botanic Garden held a series of six workshop retreats for veterans. The workshop's content ranged from learning about and planting healing herb container gardens to take home, to learning to rake and prepare a dry garden, preparing and harvesting a potato crop, and planting a summer annual garden. Likewise in Denver, the Denver Botanic Gardens supports a veteran reintegration program, training veterans as active farmer apprentices on a multi-acre CSA site in Littleton, south of Denver. The program offers a promising model for replication by providing therapeutic socialization and vocational training experiences along with meaningful mission-driven work that builds on veterans' skill sets. The DPG partners with the nonprofit Veterans to Farmers, whose mission is to return the family farm to a prominent position on the American landscape with the new generation of veteran farmers. Veterans to Farmers provides American veterans with pride, education, and fulfillment through a permanent source of sustainable income, community, and contribution the family farm, which can not only provide a path to secure economic future, but also contribute to a sustainable future of food. Farmers to Veterans was founded in 2009 by United States Marine Corps veteran Buck Adams. While there is much work to be done in supporting and recognizing the healing needs of our veterans, there are many models for this support and recognition on the ground in gardens now.
Thank you for tuning in. Next week, for another lens on the importance of gardens on a national level, we'll be speaking with author Marta McDowell, whose most recent book, All the President's Gardens, takes us on a tour of American history as viewed through the fascinating and colorful lens of the gardens surrounding the White House. Did you know that the earliest U.S. presidents had to pay for and supply the food for White House entertaining out of their pockets and out of the White House garden? Learn more next Thursday. Until then, happy 4th of July. Cultivating Place is a co-production of North State Public Radio and JewelGarden.com. The program is produced by Matt Schiltz. For this week's audio archive or to subscribe to the podcast, please visit MyNSPR.org. For more information, including many photos, visit JewelGarden.com. For daily photos and more, follow Cultivating Place on Instagram or Facebook. Until next week, enjoy the cultivation of your place. I'm Jennifer Jewell.